0: Welcome, and thank you for your interest in this life-changing message from Sojourn Church. Our prayer is that as you hear this message, you will be impacted to make a difference. Okay, well, we're having a problem because I drank three cups of coffee between services. I'm like, you know, I'm ready to go. It is so awesome to be with you guys. I love being here. Uh, it really is a joy. I get so many uh, invitations and stuff and I just say no because I want to come here because I really love this church and this church is solid. It's stable. When you thump on it, it's just got, it's solid as a rock. Great discipleship, great leadership. You know, the spirit of God is here. You're doing a good work around the world. I'd rather be here than just about anywhere else, just to be honest. And so it's a joy to be with you guys. Uh, we're going to talk about the world, but first we have to laugh because the world's real serious. And so I like to laugh, you know, to make up for the serious bits of the world. So I do a lot of traveling, and so there's a lot of translation, interpretation. So I love language humor. Last year I showed you the uh, German Coast Guard dude. This year I want to show you another translation, interpretation joke. This is a video video. Of a fake, it's a fake news report from Iraq, okay? <laughs> so let's watch, watch this. of forces loyal to captured huh? dictator Saddam Hussein, the city of Tikrit here in northern Iraq, is now firmly under the control of American <coughs> forces. Or is it? These members of the Iraqi resistance movement, still loyal to Saddam Hussein, think otherwise. The Americans tell lies. Each day our forces grow stronger. Each day we move closer to our goal of driving the infidel... What are they? Nothing, carry on. Uh, driving the infidels from our motherland. Uh, we are not afraid to... Die- are they subtitles? <laughs> but they are, aren't they? No. Well, what do I need subtitles for? Can't you understand what I'm saying? I studied English at the bloody American University in Cairo. Well, obviously, I can understand what you're saying. Oh, do you see how they condescend to us with these subtitles, well, Maybe it's said teletext, you know, for the hearing is there. Oh, teletext. No, a lot of TVs come with teletext nowadays. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Say something again. My friend has an SBC. Hey, how come he doesn't need subtitles? <laughs> <laughs> i no, not. Look. No. I speak perfect English. She sells seashells by the sea Pick picture. picture paper, picture pick picture peckle. Round the ragged, lost the ragged. Oh. The situation remains as dangerous and volatile as ever here in northern Iraq. While the rebuilding continues... What? what? I can't understand you speak English. <laughs> I it yourself a certain sound. No, good. <laughs> Here it Iraq. <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about the world, you guys. God is on the throne. God is doing rocking things. God is changing the planet. Your church is part of it. And, uh, and it's awesome. In fact, uh, God's doing so many cool things. We've really got to understand the season so we know what God's doing and how we fit in. I've shared this scripture here before, how the men of Issachar understood the times and knew what Israel should do because they understood the times. Jesus taught the same thing in Luke 12. He said, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. You know, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailor take warning. He said, you know how to do that. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? God wants us to interpret the times accurately so we can rise up and play our part with God in this season. And you guys, many of us international leaders all around the world are hearing the same thing from God. God is preparing an even greater harvest than we saw through the 82,000 movement. In the decade of the 90s, literally more people saved than all of history combined up till 1989. But we believe by 2020, we will see one billion brand new converts in the kingdom of God and all uh, churches and missions were gathering together to do, com- p- uh, pull together common strategies to reach a billion souls by 2020. And we believe God's given not only the goal, but promises that it's gonna happen. So we're literally on the verge of an even greater harvest than we saw in the 90s, because God only goes from glory to glory. He doesn't go backwards. He builds on what he does. So if we saw the greatest decade of harvest ever, God doesn't go backwards. We're gonna see something even more amazing that will boggle our minds. Well, God's doing stuff to prepare for that. And the stuff he's doing is not happy. Just to be honest, uh, because uh, there 's some bad news that leads to the good news, actually, uh, God is shaking the world literally, God is beginning to grab whole of the world to shake it on purpose to make people afraid and insecure because when people are afraid and insecure, they look up and turn to god he 's preparing people 's heart for massive revival. After every major global disaster, whether it's world wars, economic uh, depressions, there's a massive movement to Christ because all the things that people have put their hope in are shaken and they see it's but dust that's going to blow away. And then they turn to God for real stability in their life. And so all these shakings are a good thing. We're seeing massive shaking. Haggai 2 teaches us the principle that says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. It's God who's doing it. I will shake all nations. Why? So that the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory. So God is, is really just uh, shaking the planet in order to bring revival. We see it in Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. You know, he sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion he is exalted over all nations none left out let them praise your great and awesome name so god is is shaking people's false securities so that they will turn to god and find true security that only comes from the rock the lord jesus christ we see it in hebrews 12 um, the writer of Hebrews uh, says, at that time, God's voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicates the removing of what can be shaking, economic stability, political stability, every earthly created thing that we place false hope in, God is shaking to get our hope out of that and turned only to him. So we believe we're gonna see a massive Massive revival so that what is the created things that can be shaken, they're going to go away so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And what will remain? The Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You know, E. Stanley Jones, a liberal Christian who got converted near the end of his life, wrote uh, and became a radical Christian near the end of his life, wrote a great book that if you can find it, you buy it and read it. It's called The Unshakable Kingdom and the Unchanging King. And that's really who we serve, a kingdom that is solid as rock. Charles West, a great guy said, we turn to God for help when our foundations are shaking, only to learn that it's God shaking them. <laughs> Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. It's getting really bad. I go, God help. And he goes, uh, excuse me, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I can help you by getting your foundation in the right thing, not the wrong things, not 401ks, not the stock market, not the military, but in Jesus Christ alone, Okay. So let me just show you a little bit of what's happening, some of the shaking, so you can see that there's going to be what we're seeing in God's kingdom is going to be equivalent to the shaking that he's doing in the world. And there's massive shakeups of the political systems of the world. The French prime minister just three weeks ago or so said this, the world's on the edge of an abyss. And he's talking about economically and politically in every way. And that's really right. In America, we're kind of insulated and isolated. So we don't feel everything as much, but the world's starting to creep in. And we're starting to notice it. We're starting to be touched. We're going to see more of that. And he's really right when he said that Putin, the leader of Russia Is rising up and changing things politically. He said, America is the one superpower. This is not happy. We've got to change that. And so he's uh, formed alliances all around the world, including one with Hugo Chavez of Venezuela. Okay. The bad boy of South America. You know, Putin just met with him last month and said, we're going to help you with your nuclear program and we want to be allies. And right now, even as we speak, Russian warships are making their way across the Atlantic to dock in the ports in Venezuela. They're going to set up shop there. Also, Russia and China have just announced they're increasing their ties with Cuba and the leaders of both, Putin and uh, Jintao, the leader of China, are both flying to Cuba in the next couple of months in order to form the alliance with Cuba. Now, when foreign powers are starting to get entrenched in the Western Hemisphere, which is the sphere of influence of America, that's a massive shift cuz no one is dared the last time anyone tried was the cuban missile crisis and the russians had to withdraw but the fact that they're getting established down the western hemisphere shows Just how radical this political shift is happening in the world. Another one, Iran's rising up. Iran insists they're going to be a superpower. They're going for a nuclear weapon. In fact, they're already declaring it, you know, that we've already won that battle. We'll talk about that more tonight. You have to come back tonight. We're going to talk more about some awesome things going on all around the world and what we need to be doing. Here's a a report that just came out a few weeks ago as well. Uh, They did a survey. Ultra-conservative Islam is on the rise in the Middle East. As if there wasn't enough, it's rising. So again, massive shifts in the whole political realm. You know, Bernard Lewis, top scholar on Islam, says Muslims about to take over Europe. He said it's imminent, you know, when we're going to cross this line where it's it's in the world's eyes, impossible to go back. But I believe Jesus can impact Europe. And we, I believe we will see the re-Christianization of Europe. And I believe Europe will once again be a mission-sending continent in great numbers like it did when it brought Christianity to the rest of the world. So I believe that this is the secular analysis, and that's true. But in the spiritual analysis, whenever sin abounds, grace abounds. I believe the power of God is coming to Europe. As as more as, as Islam rises, God's power is going to rise as well. There's also an economic shaking. Anyone notice that one? You all notice that? Yeah, I noticed that. You know, you know what oh here's the Financial Times, London, the main uh economic newspaper there. U.S. will lose its financial superpower status as a result of the current economic crisis. And it's true. We've probably wounded ourselves economically for a couple of generations. Uh, it's absolutely true. You know what it's doing? It's God humbling us, you know, in big ways to prepare us for a big harvest. You know, here Russia, uh, the leader of Russia and Germany met about a month ago, and they said this credit crisis really does signal the end of the American superpower as the sole superpower in the world, that's probably an accurate assessment. You know, Fortune Magazine, April of this year, you have seven years to learn Mandarin. Okay, yeah, I'm practicing my Ni Hao Ma's and my Shei shes. Really, I am. Uh, because, You know, it was predicted that China would be economically equal to the U.S. by 2050, but because of rapid economic growth in China and because of our rapid economic decline, they're going to hit that mark in 2015 instead of 2050, you know. And so, in fact, China's rising so fast, you guys, there are now more Mandarin speakers and Mandarin websites than there are English websites. We crossed that line two months ago, and it's increasing. Mandarin is now the predominant language on the Internet, believe it or not. So we all better start liking sweet and sour and Kung Pao, and better start practicing your Shay Shay. You know, which is different than with just a little bit of shift in tone. You know, you're saying shrimp, shay shay is thank you, and with a little tone change, it's shrimp. So I was on a trip to China. Yeah, it is. I was on a trip to China once. I had a gal from from the States. We're in a restaurant, you know, eating and the waitress brought her her dinner and she's trying to say she she but she said it with the wrong tone. You know, it's like just it's a little off, which meant shrimp. And the the waitress looked a little stunned and five minutes later brought her a plate of shrimp. and And the girl was kind of confused and Wanted to say thank you again. So she said, Shay Shay again, but with the wrong tone and got another plate of shrimp. <laughs> she got three plates of shrimp before we said, We've got to work on your tones, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. China rising economically in a major way. In fact, we owe so much money to China's America that anytime China wants to shut us down, they can by calling in their debts and and everything else. In fact, last year, twice, they threatened our government to shut us down and our government actually bowed to the Chinese and did what the Chinese wanted You know, because now they're the economic power. International security is being shaken in major ways. China not only rising economically, but they're developing nuclear Missile uh, concentrated centers all throughout China that are starting to be discovered through spy satellites, you know, showing their massive military growth. In fact, not only that way, they're, uh, they're planting uh, nuclear submarine bases all around the coast of China. Just in the past year, spy satellites have been showing that. So it's clear they're intending to uh, exert their military power in the world. Iran is boasting, they're saying the West has totally failed in stopping us from getting nuclear weapons. And it's- it's probably true, you know. There the only options left to stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon is to be invaded by the U.S. or Israel. You know, and both, neither of those are good options. You know, in fact, uh, the the uh, other Muslim countries around Iran are so freaked out about them getting a nuclear weapon. I don't know if you know about Islam, the Iranians are Shiites, and the rest of the Muslim world are called, are Sunnis, that's 80%, and the Iranians are 20%. And the Shiites are considered like, we would look at Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses, they're considered a cult in Islam. And so the, and Iran wants to dominate the whole Muslim world. The whole Muslim world is saying, we don't want the Mormons over us. So the 13 countries around them are pursuing nukes now in order to fend off the Iranian nukes. Okay. So the last thing we need is a nuclear armed Middle East with a bunch of people. You may have noticed that they're kind of emotional over there, you know. And I still think my plan of everyone in the Middle East taking two Valium every morning, by international law, I think that's one of the best plans for the Middle East. Okay, <laughs> you all take a bunch of Valium, would you? Bring down the level of emotion and get your finger off that button. Okay, <laughs> see. So we've got a we've got a a, a challenge over there. You know, Al Qaeda's still strong you know, here's a great book I want to recommend. If you want to get a picture of what's really happening, uh, this is a moderate Muslim dude who works for Newsweek. Uh, Fareed Zakaria wrote a a great book called The Post-American World. He said, it's not so much America's declining, is that America's been the one adult in the world and everyone else, all the other countries have been more like teenagers and kids. And now what's happening is they're all growing up to adulthood too. And so we've got to learn in America how to live in a world with other adults. And we're used to being the the only one basically. So that's a good book to read. Now, here's, here's a good promise to us. When we see all this shaking, we should not freak out. If you freak out, then that shows your security is not in Jesus. And part of the shaking is to get your security in Jesus. And here's the promise we have from God For the mountains may shake, uh, for the mountains may be removed, the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says the Lord. If you're the quicker you get your security, out of the economy, out of the government, out of the military, and on Jesus, the more happy you're going to be. <laughs> and listen, the next couple of years are not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. I'm just telling you, no analyst looking at the world says that happy times are coming. And so the quicker you get your security in Jesus, the happier you will be in the midst of it. Okay? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. So he himself prophesied what's happening. We will have trouble. But he said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our God rules supreme over all this shaking and will protect us if our hearts is set on him. He will build his church. The gates of hell will not overcome it. And that is happening even in the midst of the shaking. But God is doing this to prepare for a mighty harvest. In fact, he started a few years ago. He started back about 15 years ago. God's had a grand plan. You know, I've talked about our giants, the, the things that we face, uh, that we've got to see victory over through the power of God. God's been humbling communism. He's been humbling, humbling Islam, and now he's humbling materialism. I predicted it would happen. I wasn't predicting. I didn't think it would happen so soon. I was praying, God, humble these other gods too, Hinduism, Buddhism, materialism. And when he started to humble materialism, I felt it in my wallet. Any of you guys felt it in your wallet? So I'm like, I prayed a prayer that I was unhappy God was answering. It's like, oh, okay, God, keep doing it. And I'm going, ouch, and then, oh, do more, ouch, humble it more, ow, (laughs) you know. And that's the season we're in where God is humbling the God of our country as well, materialism so that uh, our focus is right on him, standing firmly on him, so he can do miraculous things to provide for us, and then through us, touch the whole world and bring revival. I think that's the plan of God. Because our struggle is not against economic systems and governments and the Muslims. It's against the principalities and powers. So the Church of Jesus Christ is the only answer for these problems, So we've got to have our values right so we can provide the right answer for the world in the midst of the crisis. In fact... In the decade of the 90s, the church was growing three times faster than world population growth rate. In fact, in, when you look at all the religions, this was us on the right, we were growing massively. Over 300 million people converted in that 10 years because God was preparing an army for this season. He said, I've got to bring in a massive amount of people. So we've got 15 years to grow them up and disciple them so that when I start to shake the world, I'm gonna have a mission force that's ready to go to bring the gospel to the end of the earth and we can see a billion souls saved by the year 2020. It's going to be an awesome thing and God is doing it. Let me encourage you about how the cool things God's doing so you can, you can through this crisis stand strong and do even more than you're doing. You're doing your bit. In fact, you're helping radically change China. You guys, largest country on earth. We know 10 to 20,000 conferred every day by uh, 116 million by 2006. Today in China, 130 million radical believers. You guys are part of it because of your support of me as a missionary and other missionaries that you support, and because you've you've been sending short-term teams. You came with us to China last year. God's doing a radical thing. Uh, this was a newspaper article uh, in 2006 is when it started. The Chinese government came to three Chinese Americans and said, we believe Christian moral values will save the future of China. And they said, we have the highest suicide rate in the world, drug problem. AIDS growing, gangs, immorality. They said, we're losing China. Christian moral values will save China. They said, We want to give you our top university students. They said they will be the future governmental leaders, business leaders, educational leaders, scientific leaders. We're going to give you the future leaders of China. Teach them biblical moral values, but don't make them Christians. That's what they told us. (laughs) How many of you know how well that works? (laughs) Because when you take the cork out of the bottle, the genie comes out with You can't just get the bottle without having the genie inside come out. So what these guys did, these top, Christian leaders. They came to us. They went to John Maxwell. John Maxwell's organization wrote a course, a 10-day course on biblical ethics that we run in training camps in China and the universities in China every year. And uh, here, here are some of the camps from this summer, and you had seven or eight from your church come to help us. So this is your victory, too, all that's happening. And so here's the camps. We have one American for every Chinese, and the government gives us their top future leaders, you know, and we pair them up one-on-one. And they have a great time. They sit in class. They learn the biblical value. Then the Americans lead small groups talking about how this value has changed their life and how it can change the life of the student there in China. Then we have a lot of fun. We swing dance. You know, I don't know if, well, how Pentecostal or holy you are, <laughs> but I know some places dancing is like, you know, taboo and lips that touch wine will never touch mine and all that stuff. But we use dancing. We use swing dancing to evangelize the Chinese country line dance. Dancing. They really like country line dancing, you know, and in these, this time together, they start to ask us questions and 50 to 80% of every camp converts to Jesus. The stats have stayed strong through the summer. These are the future leaders. A brilliant computer scientist, Alan Kay said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And we are creating the future of China by converting their next generation leaders. You know, you guys are part of it. And I hope you'll be part of it again this coming summer because it's radical what's what's going to happen. In 2007, we were in one university, the main one, Jinghua, in Beijing. This last year, we were in three universities. The Chinese government opened up to three because they said, this is so cool, we need to spread it. And after this summer that you guys are part of, they said, it's so great, we want you in the top 100 universities in China. In 2009, we're not going to be able to do that. We're going to do more, but we can't do that yet. We're going to build to that. And they said, and that is going so well. This year, they gave us a high school. They said, let's try this with high schoolers. Let's get those biblical values in the high school students. So the high school camp went so well. They said, and we want you in our top high schools next year as well. And then they said, you know what? You know what? We have a lot of our Chinese kids in American universities, and then they come back to China and they come back with all the moral decadence of America. They said, so you know how you can help us as well? Would you start these camps in the American universities for our Chinese students? So when they come back to China, they're coming back with biblical ethics, not American ethics, you know, all the bad stuff. So starting this year, next spring break, in Birmingham, Alabama, we're running a camp there in conjunction with another partner church of ours uh, to to get some of the Chinese students there at the American University uh, converted to Christ before they go back to China. And then starting in 2010, we need to spread to other cities because the government says, you know, please help our kids in America not become good Americans and let them be, you know, like biblical values. So I'm thinking of the Dallas area. I just wonder if there might be a church around the Dallas area that might want to be a sponsor church for this so maybe maybe i don't know if sojourn wants to do that or not but we'll talk at some point but god we want to spread this as well plus on top of that did i tell you about the did i tell you last year about the olympics it was probably the olympic athletes i did the olympic athletes oh this went so well, you guys, the government said, please train all our Olympic athletes in biblical ethics. And my whole team spent the month of January training the Olympic athletes of China in biblical ethics. That went so well, they said, we want to give you all our gold medal winners for a year because they're going to be goodwill ambassadors for China. Would you place them in American homes? So we've got to find American homes for a year for the Olympic Chinese gold medal winners so we can perfect their English and their biblical ethics. And they said, yes, you can bring them to church, you know, so that as they become goodwill ambassadors for China, they've got great ethics. So you guys, we've just finished the contract with the government three weeks ago to bring their gold medal winners to the U.S. to be placed in American homes. you guys in the last in the last camp in august the last camp See that that's Americans uh, call, you know, Christians there with the Chinese students. We have an underground church leader who teaches the course, the third in command in China, the assistant deputy director of the communist party, the third in command came into the classroom and he said, all the foreigners must leave. And he kicked out all the foreigners. He didn't know that there was an underground church leader teaching the course who told us what he said. And he said to the, all the Chinese students, he said, He said, I am old. I don't care if they kill me. He said, I want to tell you, I've been reading the New Testament. And he said, the values Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount are the values that will save China. He said, I know all these young people here with you are Christians. And he said, I want you to ask them to teach you about the Sermon on the Mount so that you could learn these values so that our country can, you know, can be preserved. So you guys... Who would think of this, you don't think of communist leaders saying this? I mean, those of us who are older and remember the Cold War, can you imagine this happening? That's our God. He's rocking the planet. Your church is part of it, not only through your support of us, but by the kids you sent, the people you sent last summer. And I hope you'll come this summer too. You know what? Oh, I should announce it now. Yes. Christ for the nations has said, we're in. We want to send our summer outreaches to China with you. But not only Christ for the Nations, a few months ago, I was with a dear friend of mine named Ron Luce, who's the head of a ministry called Teen Mania, more teenagers in stadiums every, every uh, summer than anyone else, largest teenage and young adult ministry. And I, we, Ron and I were together, we've been friends for 25 years, I said, Ron... We've got a partner. I said, bro, you're massively anointed in stadiums. You know, I don't have the anointing to do that. I'm like the apostle dude out there eating yak eyes and planning stuff and all that. You know, I'm the long term. You've got anointing for that. I said, Ron, you're not in these parts of the world where I'm working, but that's where we need to get this generation of kids. I said, Ron, we've got to be partners. And Ron got a little bit teary eyed and he just said, Fred, he said, "Life is too short not to get the maximum for Christ out of it, isn't it?" He said, "We're part." He said, "Let's partner." He said, "The sky's the limit. Let's go for broke." And so, team mania next summer is bringing teams to China with us for the university camps. But not only China, they said, bring us to the tough, tougher places too. They're sending three teams with us to Iran and Turkmenistan. You know, to take Iran and Central Asia for Jesus. So God's bringing in massive partners like this Christ for the nations team mania God's gonna rock China and the rest of the world you guys he's on the throne it's awesome also in China oh my gosh China has a vision they call back to Jerusalem you know to bring send a hundred thousand missionaries across the Muslim world from China all the way back to Jerusalem, you guys know the gospel started in Jerusalem, went to uh, Greece, then to Europe, then to England, then to America, and then around so it 's making this circle around the world westward, and the Chinese Church got the vision seventy years ago between we 've got to complete the circle between us and Jerusalem, but for seventy years under communism, they haven't been able to, and so they 've had a vision to do it, but haven 't been able to and in two 2000 it loosened up enough they got their first back to jerusalem missionaries out now listen there are only 2000 missionaries in the muslim world and every place there are missionaries muslims convert if the chinese are successful to get a hundred thousand out that will multiply missionaries in the muslim world 50 times so to help the chinese church get missionaries out is one of the most strategic things we could do isn't it so I've been praying that prayer. It's like kind of that ouch, ouch, humble materialism. Ouch, do it again. Ouch. You know, I've been praying for the Chinese church. Little did I know that God was going to use me to be an answer to some of those prayers and you guys by extension because you're supporting me. So this is part of your victory. Well, you know, one of my Korean staff got the vision. He said, wow, as I was sharing this, he said, we've got to raise up a prayer movement in Korea for the Chinese church to be successful. Because since 2000, they've only got 175 missionaries out. They don't know how to train missionaries. They don't know good strategies, you know, on how to get them into countries. So he said, we've got to rise up a prayer movement to help them. So they set up these conferences all over Korea uh, in six cities of Korea, and the six largest cities, two weeks I spent going from city to city preaching, and they brought in this guy. I didn't know they were going to bring him in. I didn't even, uh, yeah, his name is Peter Shu. Peter Shu is one of the underground church leaders in China. He, his churches have, according to the BBC, about 58 million believers. Okay. He is the mentor of this guy, the heavenly man. If you've ever read that book, he's the mentor of the heavenly man. In fact, he and the heavenly man were in prison together. Uh, He's been in prison eight times. He's suffered for the faith, been tortured. The Chinese took his wife away from him as one of the punishments and forcibly divorced him from his wife. You know, he's escaped to the U.S. He lives here now. And along with the heavenly man and another guy named Enoch Wong, they're the three leaders of the Back to Jerusalem movement. Anyway, I didn't know he was going to be preaching. We preached around Korea together uh, for two weeks, you know, in all the biggest cities, you know. So we set up these conferences and... Uh Peter and I preached together we had an awesome time and then in the breakfast time as we traveled here's Peter here uh here on the right you know he he's so humble he grabbed my suitcase he wouldn't let me carry my suitcase he's 69 you know been in prison tortured and I'm like oh man you know I felt humble just being with him so I had to scramble to grab his suitcase away from him so I'm dragging his suitcase he's dragging mine we're trying to serve each other it's really hard to be around humble people because you're fighting to serve each other. You know, it's really, but we'd sit around the breakfast table strategizing back to Jerusalem, you know, and with my young disciples and brothers and sisters, they put me on the international leadership. There's only two other non-Chinese on the international leadership of back to Jerusalem. And so by extension, this is sojourn as well. We're working together to help the Chinese church get a hundred thousand missionaries out to the Muslim world. This is part of the victory of God. It is awesome. I feel humbled every time I'm around these guys. I mean, you just can't believe it. I feel like I'm a worm. How did I get into this? You know? But God has a way of answering our prayers differently than we thought. Iran! Let me show you. So the bad stuff happened in Iran. I was telling you a little bit of that. Let me tell you the good stuff. You know, of the 57 Muslim countries, Iran is the most open and receptive to the gospel of all Muslim countries. Come back tonight. I'm going to show you some videos from Iran that'll fry your brain. You know, because Iran is totally different than we think it is. It is the most open and receptive to the gospel. Up till from, from that period of time, from the Islamic takeover of Iran to 2006, 5,000 converts a month. Suddenly two years ago, it kicked up for no, no one, nothing changed other than the Holy Ghost. 50,000 converts a month. And here are the real numbers. 2006, a million believers in Iran. The latest report shows 2 million radical believers in Iran, a million in just two years, you guys. So there's a massive thing happening in Iran. God's getting ready for us to do stuff in Iran. You're holding that up. Oh, okay, okay. I thought maybe there was some stuff in there. So it's radical. You come back tonight, and I'll show you why this is happening in Iran. Because the Iran you think of and that you see on the news is not the real Iran. And guess who has the greatest open door in Tehran? It's Americans. They love Americans, actually. And so here's here's our challenge. You go Here's our challenge. The world is shaking. The economy shaking. The American church is the largest church in the world. The American church is by far the wealthiest church in the world. We have the largest amount of young people. We, even with the, political, the economic crisis we're in, we have more money than anyone else. To whom much is given, much is required. We are the ones who literally, I'll tell you how we will survive this. We will survive this by serving the nations, by sending out a huge wave of missionaries from North America with God's servant heart to serve the nations funded by the American church to bring the gospel to the ends of the world. I believe that we have the majority role to play in this great harvest of a billion souls. Here's the challenge. Do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we really believe God is our provider? Do we really believe that if we sacrificially give, that God will take care of us? We are going to be tested to the core of our being on this. So here's Pastor Terry didn't ask me to say this, you know, and I may be meddling where I shouldn't, but I'm just going to say it because it's the truth. Right now, I think the greatest test that's going to come to the American church is, are we going to stop giving to our churches and the missions in the midst of economic crisis? Brothers and sisters, if we succumb to that temptation, we will be, mm, uh, how should I say it? I'll say it in the positive way. If you want to stand secure and come through the fire without even the smell of smoke on you, that's coming then do not stop giving to the church. Do not stop giving to missions. If you stop sacrificial, it's going to be more sacrificial in this coming season. If you, if you take my, oh, I just, I want to really preach it hard, but I don't want to freak everyone out. Let me just tell you, if we obey God's principles, he'll bless us. And this is when we're going to prove ourselves. This is when we're going to prove if we really believe the word of God, that he's Jehovah Jireh, that he's a provider, that he can pour resources through us that we don't have. I see God do that every year. He pours resources. I don't have the money, but God, we want to do this. And God does it. Okay. So this is, this is where we're going to prove ourselves. Do not Shrink back from giving to the church and missions. And you will come through this fire without even the smell of smoke upon you. Let's just say that. Okay. Iraq, I, you know, I showed you the stats. I just want to encourage you the good things God's doing because of your faithful giving and everything else. In Iraq, 35,000 Christians before the war. And look at what it grew to by 2008, 300,000. But something even cooler is happening. Okay, so even when bad things come, God gets good out of it. Uh, Massive persecution has risen up in Iraq. So a lot of Christians are fleeing out of Iraq. In fact, about another 300,000 converts, 300,000 stayed in the country. About another 300,000 are emigrating out, and they're moving to Syria, Lebanon, and Jordan. And as a result, they've raised the level of Christianity in three other Muslim countries. So not only is God getting a victory in Iraq, but that is impacting three other Muslim countries by raising the level of Christianity. Our God knows how to do cool things even out of bad circumstances. You got, he's a rocking God. Afghanistan, you know, I've showed you the numbers in Afghanistan, 75 Christians before the war happened and under the Taliban, then to 8,000, 75,000, 150, 300,000, which is probably really low. The researchers believe it's probably about twice as much of that, uh, who are afraid to come forward because of persecution and stuff. Now, God's doing other cool things. Let me just share with you because it's so encouraging. Here's a pilot dude that's on my staff. You know, his, guy, his name is Ray, awesome guy, uh, pilot using it for Christ. Uh, I don't know if I shared that the the Afghan government has a problem. There's a ring road that goes around the whole country and connects all the provinces with Kabul, the capital. And the warlords in the provinces blow up the ring road and take it over because they don't want Kabul to send troops out to control the country because they want to control So actually, uh, the provinces are not under the control of the government. The warlords are. So Ray and some other pilots, they went to the government and said, you'll never control your country by land. So you've got to control it by air. But all your airports are blown up. You have no one trained. They said, let us rebuild the civil aviation structure of Afghanistan so you can fly troops out. Now, here is our goal. Serve. Because when we serve, God gives favor. And Christ told us we need to be the servant of all. So we serve the government, get favor. Also, um, it gives us inroads by placing converts in all the new airports. So here's uh, the training center. The government gave us a building. So this is your mission dollar at work. These are your victories because this is happening through our ministry, you know. Um, this is our first class. We're already into our second class. This is a civil aviation high training center in Kabul and through our interface with them and all funded by the FAA. So it's your tax dollars too that God's redeeming. Uh, so the FAA is funding the whole project. We're training. The meteorologists, the air traffic controllers, you know, the airplane mechanics and our YLM missionaries are, uh, as they're interfacing with these guys, some are converting, then they have to come to the U.S. for certification. We had the first batch come through. So, and, and this is Ray teaching there in Afghanistan. I can report to you the real stats. Thirty percent of every class is converting to Christ and then getting placed in the airports around Afghanistan, so you know we can call you know out to Masri Sharif and go, Rahim, dude, you know we've got to fly in a plane at three am you know could you clear the airfield and turn off the lights We kind of sneak in you know <laughs> so you guys, God is placing his agents all literally god god is it's enabling us to get access to every corner of Afghanistan, to get missionaries in, as well as, you know, planning then, you know what happened? It's going so well, this whole project in Afghanistan, the government of Sudan said, would you come and do that here too? And we realized, oh my gosh, we've got to multiply this program because Sudan, it's the site of more is the greatest Christian martyrdom in our time, you know, three million martyrs in the past 12 years in the Sudan. And so Muslim country, you know, and so they're saying, come and do this too. We said, okay, we like to come and do that. We said, oh my gosh, we've got to train more pilots and everything else. So this April is our first flight training school, Wyland flight training school in Colorado Springs in order to train more people to go to Sudan. And already other governments are contacting us saying, we want you to come too. So this is major nation discipling ministry. God wants to disciple all the structures of society, business, education, arts, and entertainment, you know, things like aviation, the kingdom of God's getting established in all of it. So we've got our first flight training program coming up. And we thought, dear Lord, we have no planes or anything. And we're going to train pilots and stuff. And we've been praying, God, give us a plane. And I can report awesome news. Just uh, three days ago, flew to Canada to meet with a couple who said, we love you. We think this is swell. They're buying us a half a million dollar training plane, $500,000. This training plane is the top of the line training plane for what we do, a Cessna 172, you know, so we can train our pilots. Uh, really cushy leather seats. I'm going to, that's the cool thing. And the totally, mon- the, the flat panel avionics, our pilots drooling. I just look at it, go pretty colors, you know, but our pilots like, oh, this is, he's just ecstatic. You guys, God's given us the plane and doing other stuff, too. I can't announce that bit yet, because, but it's really cool. And so the outreach from that school is going to be in Afghanistan. So they're going to be learning, getting their pilot's license. And by the way, any of you want your private pilot's license, you can come. You can get it cheaper here through any airport business school. You know, you can get discipled along the way starting in April but their outreach is going to be in Afghanistan. So we're saying, hey, come and learn to fly. And then let's go to Afghanistan and practice and learn how to dodge the, <laughs> the rocket propelled grenades. Okay. So that's really fun flying. You know? <laughs> uh, so outreach in Afghanistan, we're based in Masary Sharif, you guys. Here's some of some of uh, my YWAM guys that are there. This is Brazilians. This is Awesome guy. I shouldn't say his name and his wife. You know, we're plant out of Mazar-e-Sharif, we're planning in this next year, 10 new underground missionary centers throughout Afghanistan. Uh, so we call it Spring to Spring. You know, it's a discipleship training school. We're planning 10 other centers. One that I think I mentioned last year is Esh Gishem. It's the first one. Uh, two of my young disciples have just moved there. They've been there uh, actually for about four months. It is awesome. It's getting really, it's an echo an adventure tourism center. That's the business that the government sees. Uh, also a guest house, a hotel to support that. 24-hour house of prayer connected with IHOP in Kansas City. Uh, Afghan Women's Center, so the women can come, get out of the home, take off their burkas, drink tea. And in that relaxed setting, we evangelize them. And uh, mountaineering school, we're training mountaineering and stuff. If you, they've got some weird kind of exotic sheep there you can go hunt. You know, they're really big. So if you like sheep hunting, it's, it's safe. Oh, and by the way, Eskisham is safe, okay? That part of Afghanistan is safe, believe it or not. It's really safe. And it's not where they're at. And not only, it's right here at the border between Tajikistan, so it's, we're launching missionaries up to Tajikistan, Afghanistan, and then down into Pakistan too. This is the Northwest Frontier Province. That's probably where Osama is. So if you want a cool adventure tourism vacation, come for two weeks shoot a sheep climb some mountains and let's go hunt Osama and get that 25 million okay so it's going to allow us to evangelize in three countries from this place this is the kind of thing this is your mission dollar at work sojourn cuz if you're supportive of me and our ministry and you're partnering with us in China and other places God's really using you around the world it's rocking you keep going don't pull back The Bible says all kings will bow down to him. All nations will serve him. And many of us believe this. This shaking is to really bring that about in the half the world that's where that scripture isn't true yet. That's what this is about. God says, be still, be at peace. Don't be fretting and nervous. Know that I am God. That's why we've got to get our security out of these false securities and only in Christ. We've got to know God. He will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Who, who? You've got to come back tonight. There's too much to say. Should I say a couple more? No, I won't. Okay, no, come back tonight. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Jesus said it. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not overcome it. Brothers and sisters, Christ is reigning victorious. He is shaking in order to prepare for this great harvest. God's already using sojourn to do it. Let's believe him that in the midst of the this this shaking, that we will not be affected, that we'll do even more. Let's let God prove himself through us that he can do more than we're even doing now. I believe that's the kind of God he is. God bless you guys. For more information about Sojourn Church, please visit our website at www.sojournchurch.org.